Welcome to the LifeGate Podcast. Our vision is to create moments that change lives. We pray that these weekly messages will be a moment in your day that leads to a change in your life. For more information, visit us online at LifeGateBurleson.com. Isn't it awesome? And isn't it fun to just be one church together in one service this morning? It feels so good to be here in God's presence. And isn't it cool what is happening through the Father Initiative? Come on, isn't that awesome? That as you are giving and because you are people who are saying, hey, we are all into this thing, that 48 churches are going to be planted over this next couple of years. Come on, that is awesome. 48 churches, other churches that are already established are being encouraged and lifted up and built up. Pastors are being encouraged, lifted up, built up. I'm telling you what, your pastor is being encouraged, lifted up, built up. Who doesn't love it when somebody gets on video and says, we love your pastor. They're the best people in the whole world. Come on. Who doesn't love to hear that about yourself? And so it's incredible to be a part of that. And all of this is happening, guys, because you are people who are all in. So everybody say, I'm all in. Come on. I'm all in. All of these kind of things that you're seeing on these videos week after week after week in this series are happening because you and I have decided to be people. We have decided to be a church filled with people who are all in to do whatever God has called us to do. And that's what we've been talking about this last few weeks together as we've been in our 2020 all in campaign. And here's the deal. Like this time of year, people are more all in than any other time of the year. In fact, how many of you are all in about Christmas? Come on, how many excited about it? I know you're going, hey, Thanksgiving was just a couple of days away, but you know what that means now that Thanksgiving has come and gone? You know what that means? That means now we can move on to Christmas. Come on, how many are excited about that? And here's what I'm excited about, guys, man. As a church, we go all in for Christmas and we are only three Sundays away. Come on, everybody look at your neighbor, Tom. Three, just three Sundays away from our Christmas Sunday on December the 20th. Get your calendars, mark them down now because this year we have decided more than ever in 2020 because we need it more than ever. Come on, right? This year we are going to go more all in than we've ever gone for our Christmas services on December the 20th. I'm telling you, we got some incredible stuff that's lined up for that week. We've got uh, an incredible time of worship with Christmas music and some special stuff planned there. We're going to have our traditional candlelight service that Sunday and incredible Sunday like sermon that I've got ready to bring to you on that Sunday. Come on, you better say amen to that, right? And and then not only that, but just for our families and those of you that, I mean, that enjoy Christmas and and all that stuff, here's what we got. We got Santa who's going to be here in a socially distanced, responsible way, okay, right? We're going to make that safe for everyone. Santa's going to be here, and this year, Santa is going to bring his sleigh and his reindeer here, so all you Moms, get your phones ready for that because you're going to have all the pictures you want for your Insta stories and Instagram and all that kind of stuff. And then I'm telling you this year, because we decided to go all in for this, we've got real snow, you guys. Come on. Real, whether it's snowing outside, it may be 70 degrees outside. I don't know, but we're going to have real snow here for all the kids to come bundled up, be able to play, throw snowballs, build snowmen, whatever you want to do on that day. And you say, Pastor, why are we doing all this crazy stuff on Christmas? I'll tell you why the reason is is at Christmas time people go all in and people who would never come to church any other time during Christmas time man they'll come to church if you'll just invite them this is an opportunity everybody say opportunity 
opportunity. It's an opportunity to invite your friends, to invite your neighbors, to invite your family, to invite people to come. In fact, I invited someone yesterday. I was at Walmart yesterday. I know I'm glutton for punishment going to Walmart on two days after Thanksgiving. But I was there yesterday, saw some friends, invited them to bring the grandkids to see Santa and play in the snow. And I'm just telling you, here's what I would ask everybody to do. If you'll help me in this next three weeks, how many of you will help me by praying for someone who needs to come to church? Come on, raise your hand. Oh, okay. Now, as you're praying for them over these next three weeks, how many of you will then invite them to come and join you on that Sunday? I'm telling you, we're making it easy for you. You just pray for them, you invite them. And then some of you may even say, hey, I could serve on that Sunday. We're gonna need more greeters. We're gonna need more people to help with ushering. We're gonna need more people to help with kids. All those things, because that Sunday, I'm just telling you, we're going to see lives changed by the gospel message of Jesus Christ, which is what we celebrate on Christmas. Come on, that's what it's all about, right? And here's the deal, guys. This is what we are called to do. Everybody just nudge your neighbor, tell them you're called. Come on, tell them you're called. You're called. You and I have a calling that God has placed on our lives. In fact, that's what we've been talking about in this series, that God has called us to live an all-in kind of life. And as we've been doing this campaign, we've been talking about this idea of calling, and we've looked at uh, some of the things that God has called us to do. In fact, last week, here's what we talked about. We talked about how we are called to gratitude. How many were here last week or you watched online last week? Come on. Wasn't that awesome? As Peter shared with us, all the incredible benefits to our mental health of learning how to be grateful and how to have gratitude that gratitude is not just a feeling but gratitude is something that is expressed come on wasn't that something that was powerful if you missed it I would encourage you to go back and watch online because that was a great week now today we're going to talk about another thing that God has called us every one of us to and this thing that we're going to talk about today is at the very like it is the one of the most basic things that as the believers in Jesus, that as the body of Christ, this thing that we're going to talk about today is one of our very most basic things that God has called us to do. And yet in the midst of what has happened in 2020, this most basic thing that God has called us to do has actually become one of the most difficult things for us to do. And we find this basic calling in this passage of scripture in the book of Hebrews. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open them up to Hebrews or if you have your LifeGate app you can open up there as well and they'll put it on the screen for you there so you can follow along in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 23 the Hebrew writer tells us hey here is something that every one of us as followers of Jesus one of our most basic callings is this check it out he says let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Here it is. You ready for it? Verse 25. Not giving up what? Meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. But what? Everybody say these words. But encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. In this passage right here, we see one of the most fundamental, basic things that God has called us to do as followers of Christ. That we are called to gather together in his name. 
That here's what the Hebrew writer is saying. He's saying, hey guys, now more than ever, here's what we've got to do. We've got to come together. We have to, he says, hold unswervingly. We've got to hold on to the things that God has called us to do, to who we are. We've got to hang on to those things because the truth is, like in this world that we live in right now, there are all kinds of things that would try to pull us away from and try to get us to let go of the basic foundations of who we are in Christ. There are all kinds of distractions that would try to keep us from the things, the faith, the hope, the things that we hold tightly to. So in this season, we've got to hold even more faithfully to the things that God has called us to. And we have to encourage one another. And how many know there's a lot of discouragement in the world today, right? And he says, here's what you do. You encourage one another. And then notice what he says. He says, and don't get in the habit. Don't, don't give up the habit of meeting together as some have done. Now, I want to talk about this for just a minute. In this current reality that we live in in 2020, and who knows how much longer it's going to last, this basic calling that God has given us as the body of Christ, the calling to gather together has become more difficult than it has ever been. And let's just be real. I mean, there are some real legitimate reasons that make it difficult for us to gather together in person. I mean, we're in the middle of a pandemic, you guys, right? And man, the truth is like, I know that there are many of you that are gathering with us right now online and I'm so thankful for that, man. It's incredible that we can, we actually have this opportunity online to be able to gather that way. And the reason that many are still gathered online, I mean, the truth is about half of the church are still like, they're gathering online, not in person. And the reason is there's like some legitimate reasons. Many of you, like you have, you have some health issues that are underlying, or maybe you find yourself in a kind of a more at risk uh, category of the population or maybe you have family members that are kind of at risk in that way and so and, and you're, you're trying to protect uh, against getting sick and man I 100% understand that and I am thrilled for those that if you can't be here in person you're joining us online you're gathering in that way right but let's just be real for a minute there are other people that are in a different category that it's not so much like I can't come and gather in person. It's more like what the Hebrew writer was talking about here is that we've just kind of given up the habits of doing this thing that God has called us to do. And I'm going to speak gently, but I'm going to be a little pastoral this morning if that's okay, all right? The truth is there are some that are at risk and very legitimate reasons. And I love you. I'm so thankful that you're still there online. But then there's another category of people that really just kind of got out of the habit of gathering together. You know, three, four months, we were online doing it. And so after three or four months, we kind of start new patterns and new habits. And so, you know, it's just kind of easier now. You know, well, you know, I don't have to get dressed. I can, you know, I can, I can watch it online. Don't have to, you know, I'm in my PJs. Don't have to wear pants, whatever. You know what I'm saying? And, and we kind of get into and form new habits. And then let me just say it like this. It's not even just like giving up the habit of meeting together in person, which many have done that. It's even that there are some in fact, many Christians, statistics have shown this, that since the pandemic, since the beginning of March, that they're not even gathering online either. I've just kind of given up on this basic habit, this basic 
calling that God has called us to as followers of Jesus, as the church of Jesus Christ, one of the most basic things that God has called us to do is to meet together. We are called together, whether that be in person or be online. God has called us to that. And in the, in the book of Hebrews, here's what he says. He says, hey, now more than ever, we've got to hold tightly to the basic things that God has called us to do. And don't give up on those basic things that God has called us to do. Instead of, hey, we're going to meet together less, we actually should be coming together even more as we see the day of God approaching in these days that we are living in. Come on, right? So here's what we're going to do is we're going to talk about this basic calling, the calling together. And what, what, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to give you four reasons that this calling is so important for, for the church as a whole and for you and I together as a church here at LifeGate. And then we're just going to break it down and get kind of real practical and real pra- pastoral and like how can we live this out. So if you're taking notes, write these four things down today that, that we are called together. And here's four reasons that we are called together. Number one, we're called together because of when we come together. Together. Here's what happens. We experience the presence of God. Everybody say the presence of God. When we come together, here's what happens. This is the reason God has called us to this basic calling is that when we gather together, that's where we experience the presence of God. In fact, look what Jesus said about it in Matthew chapter 18 and verse number 19. Look what he says. He says again, truly I tell you that if two of you on earth agree on anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Verse 20, check it out. And where two or three do what? Everybody say this word. Where two or three gather in my name, what will happen? There I am with them. Here's what Jesus says. The reason that I've called you together with other believers is because when you come together in my name, when two people agree on something, then God will hear that prayer and answer. And when two or three people come together in the name of Jesus, he says, this is the promise that I have given you. I have promised that I will be there. My presence will be there among you. Guys, we experienced it this morning. Like when you come in, isn't it incredible that as we begin to worship and as we come together here to worship him and in his name, gathered in his name, that something just happens. It's like we feel it. Like I've had people come before and go, you know, pastor, like as soon as I walked in and there were other people that were worshiping, like I felt something, the atmosphere changed, something changed. Like I could feel the presence of God. That's what I'm talking about. In fact, I've had some of you tell me this since we've come back, since we were online only for several weeks and then back in you know, the end of May, early June, we came back in person and people would start to gather again and I would hear this same thread over and over. You know what, man? I missed this so much. Like being at our house and watching online, I'm glad we could do that. But man, I just, I didn't even realize the difference that I felt when I was gathered together with my, with my church family. I've heard many of you that maybe you didn't come right back, but just recently you started to kind of come back in person you're like, man, there's something about when we come together in his name, when we gather together, he says, I am there with you. In fact, this is what the psalmist was talking about in Psalm 26 and verse eight. He says, this is the reason that I love to go to church. I love the house where you what? Where you live, where your glory dwells. Why is church important? Why is it important that, that the followers of Jesus gather together? Because it's when we gather that his 
presence begins to show up. And, and when we gather, that's where we experience his presence. We see it all throughout the Bible that in, in Psalm 16 and verse 11, it says, you fill me with joy. Where? In your presence. Paul said it like this in 2 Corinthians 3 and verse 17, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. The Old Testament writer said it in 2 Chronicles 16 and verse 27, that splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and joy are in his dwelling place, that when we come together in his name, that there's joy and that there's strength and that there's freedom and that there's peace and that there's encouragement and that the, the presence of God shows up when we gather together in his name. Why are we called together? Whether it's in person or online, why? Because when two or three gather in his name, there, there is his presence, the presence of God. But it's not just about the presence of God. Like if it was just about that, that'd be enough. But there's more to it than that. Notice number two, why, why are we called together? What's the importance or the benefit of this? Not just the presence of God, but check this out. The encouragement of the people. Think about this. Like when we come together, there's an encouragement that happens when we gather together with our church family. In fact, we see this, we see this spelled out in this passage that Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 7 at verse number 5. And, and Paul had been going through a difficult season. Come on, can anybody relate to that, right? And he was discouraged about some of the things that were happening. And look what he writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 5. He says, and when we arrived in Macedonia, there was no rest for us. For we face conflict from every direction with battles on the outside and fear on the inside. How many can relate to that? Because I mean, isn't that kind of what's happening in our world today? Everywhere we look, discouragement is coming from every single direction. You just turn on the news, you just open up Facebook, you just look around at what's going on and it's all this discouragement on the outside, which then begins to lead to all kinds of discouragement, what? On the inside and fear and wondering what's going on. And Paul's like, man, I got it from every direction, from the outside and from the inside. But then notice what happens in verse number six. But God, who encourages those who are discouraged, encouraged us. Come on, how many are thankful for that, right? That even in the midst of a season where there's discouragement on the outside, where there's fear and anxiety on the inside, that there is a God who by his presence, come on, he wants to lift you up and give you peace and encouragement in the middle of the struggle and the strife that we face right now. But I want you to notice that God's presence was not the only source of Paul's encouragement. Check this out. I had troubles on all sides and I was discouraged, but God who encourages those who are discouraged encouraged us, how? By the arrival of Titus. Check this out. How did Paul receive encouragement? Wasn't just by the presence of God, it was also because God sent a person into his life to encourage him. And that's what it means to be a part of the body of Christ. In fact, how, we've all experienced this before, right? Where you're just like, you're having a rough day. You're having a rough time. Things aren't working out the way that you want them to work out. And then just at the right time, the right person comes along. Come on, have you ever experienced this before? Now, I know sometimes we can be having a bad day and the wrong person comes along just at the wrong time, right? But sometimes it can be that right person. And just a word, just a smile, 
Just, just a little pat on the back, maybe, maybe a hug or an arm around the shoulder, or maybe they don't even have to say anything. It, maybe it's just their presence. Maybe it's just seeing them. Maybe it's just coming to church and just, and just seeing your friends and watching them worship or experiencing that together, that God uses people in our lives to lift us up and to encourage us when we are down. In fact, this is what it means to be a part of the body of Christ. This is why the body of Christ is called to gather together, because when we gather, we don't just experience the presence of God. We experience the encouragement of the people in the body of Christ. And this is what Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 11, that we should therefore encourage one another and build each other up. Why are we called together? We're called together together because it's when we gather that we experience the presence of God. It's when we gather that we experience the encouragement of the people. But then notice the third thing. It's when we gather that we actually experience the growth. Everybody say growth. The growth of the body of Christ. Check this out. Look what the psalmist says in Psalm 92 and verse 12. He says, the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. And they will what? Say this word out loud. And they will grow like cedars of Lebanon planted where? In the house of the Lord. And they will flourish in the courts of our God. Here's what the Bible says. The Bible says when we gather together, here's the result of that. Is that when we gather in God's house that we will grow. That the body of Christ, the people of God will grow. But then he gives us the caveat. And he says, but that's only going to happen when you get yourself planted. Everybody say planted. Planted in the house of God. How many know things can't grow if they're not planted? And the problem for a lot of people, the reason that we're not growing in our walk with the Lord is because we're not planted somewhere. In fact, a lot of church, a lot of Christians are, are not planted in the church what they do is they, they never put down roots they just kind of bounce around from church to church to church and you know I went to that church for a little while but then the pastor said something that I didn't really like and so I went ahead and bounced over to another church and it's even easier to do now because all the churches are online so I can shop right online you know like I like to shop for Christmas online shop for churches online pastor said something I didn't like oh they did a series about money and when they start talking about money I'm like peace out I'm out of here going to another church because I'm not planted here Oh, you know, I used to like the music, but they changed the music just a little bit. I don't like that quite as much anymore. So I'm going to go to, to another place and never get really planted in the house of the Lord. And, and here's the deal. Think about this, guys. What if we did this with our family? Can you imagine? You know, I mean, my kids are always asking for money. I think I'm going to just have to get some new kids, you know? <laughs> My wife, she has a different style of music and taste in music than me, so I'm going to look for a different wife. Come on, I've heard a little bit worse than that before, right? Like, my, my, family, didn't, my family didn't vote for the same person I voted for, so I can't be part of that family anymore. And this is the way people do. Jump around. And nowadays, it's even, there's even more reasons. You know, well, they make us wear masks or they don't make them wear masks or whatever the reason. And, nobody, and people don't get planted. And the reason we're not growing in our walk with the Lord is we're not doing what we're called to do in the habit of meeting together all the more now as we see the day approaching. We're not planted in the house of the Lord. How can we grow? And the truth is, let me just tell you this. There's a difference between being planted and going to church. How I many know there are a lot of people who go to church, but not very many who are planted 
in the house of the Lord. Well, what's the difference, Pastor? Here, I'll tell you the difference. You ready for this? Going to church is a decision. You wake up Sunday morning and you decide, we going to church today? We're not going to church today. We tired? We're not tired. We going to watch online or we're not going to watch online today? Are the Cowboys playing? Which that's not a very good reason to make a decision anymore. <laughs> like, what am I going to do today? Which church am I going to go to? Well, who's preaching? Is it the real preacher or is it, you know, one of those other guys that are coming in to speak? I mean, and we make a decision based on those things. Going to church is a decision. But here's the deal. Being planted in the house of God, it's not a decision. Here's what it is. It's an identity. It's not what we do. It's who we are. And so we don't wake up and decide, am I going to church and which church am I going to? And No, no, no. We wake up and go, hey, yeah, we're going to church because that's who we are. We are the church. And we're not deciding which church because this is my church and this is my family and I'm planted. I put down roots here. And then this is what the scripture says will happen when we put down roots, like when we are planted in the house of the Lord, then we will flourish. We will grow like cedars of Lebanon. Come on. So let's reverse engineer that just a minute. Could it be? That if we plant ourselves somewhere, we will grow. That if we don't plant ourselves somewhere, we would shrink. And this is one of my biggest fears, guys, as a pastor. And this, I know some of y'all are like, why are you always talking about coming to church and all that? I'll tell you why. Because one of my biggest fears as a pastor during this season is this. People who are not, not gathering together, doing one of the most basic things that God has called us to do. They're not just not growing. Their relationship with the Lord is shrinking. I just wonder, like those who I haven't seen in a while in person or those who I don't see online and I don't, I don't know, are, are you there? Like, how's, how's your relationship with the Lord? Because here's what I know, all right? I'll just tell you this. I have never seen a decline in church attendance lead to a growth in spiritual maturity. I've never seen it. Oh, Pastor, I don't need to go as much as I used to, you know, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, revival service, all the stuff we did when I, but you know what? As we have started meeting together less, you know, what has also happened, discipleship and spiritual health has, has become less and less and less and less and less. And I know it's different right now. And I'm not, like, I'm not putting anything going, hey, you know, you're not doing good if there's a reason that you're, you're being safe and staying at home, but hey, that's why we have online and that's why it shouldn't just be like I watch, but I'm, I'm gathered. I'm part of the body of the family. Why? Because it's when we gather that there's the presence of God. It's when we gather that we experience the encouragement of the, of the people. It's when we gather that we see the growth of the body of Christ. And then notice this last one. The reason that we gather is that we have a mission to the world. See, here's the reason that we come together, guys, is because God's given us a, a purpose, a mission, something to live out here on this planet. In fact, Jesus told, it what, told us what it was called the Great Commission in Matthew 28 and verse 19. He says, this is what I'm calling you to do. Therefore, go and do what? Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Jesus gave us a purpose. He gave us a mission. He gave us the Great Commission to go into all of the world and to preach the gospel so that people could be discipled, so that we could make disciples of all nations. Now, how many know that is a mission that is impossible for one person to do by themselves? 
You can't go into all the world by yourself. I can't go into all the world by myself. That's why we are called to gather together. That together we can do far more than we would ever be able to do on our own. In fact, I love what the, what the writer of Ecclesiastes says in Ecclesiastes chapter 4. He says that two are better than one because they have a good return for their work. He says, hey, you can't accomplish all that God wants you to do on your own. That's why we gather together so that we can accomplish more. We've got a mission to accomplish. We've got churches to be planted. We've got missionaries to be sent. We've got Bibles to be translated. We've got young people to be discipled. We've got families to to be encouraged. Come on, we've got work to do. There are people that are lost and hurting in the world around us that do not know Jesus Christ, and I can't do it by myself, and you can't do it by yourself. So that's why we come together, because we have a mission in this world. Come on, I might just preach today. There's a purpose that God has called us to do. So, Pastor, how, all right, okay, I get it, but we're in a pandemic. Like, how do we How do we come together when we're standing six feet apart? How can we be all in if we can't be all in the same building right now? Well, here's where I'm going to get real pastoral. And I'm just going to give you two all-in commitments that I'm going to challenge everybody to. During this season and in any season, you ready for this? Number one, here's what we're going to do. We're going to be all in Involved. Everybody say all involved. We're going to be all involved. Whether you're here in person or for this season you're online, here's what I just challenge you to do. Every one of us making a decision to be involved. And what does that look like? Here's what that looks like. That means that I don't like, I don't just come to church or I don't just watch online. Like I get involved in what's happening. So let's just talk about it for a minute. If you're coming here and you're coming in person in the building, here's what that might look like. Hey, when I come, man, I'm not just going to show up. Like, I'm going to be involved when I get there. And man, when I get there, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to come on time. Come on, hallelujah, glory. I'm not going to come, you know, 15 minutes late. Like, no, if it starts at 9, 15, I'll be there at 9, 12. Come on, hallelujah, amen to that. Because I'm involved. And when I get there, you know what I'm going to do? Like, I'm going to go get my coffee and I'm going to say hi to everybody, but I'm not just going to hang out in the lobby until the third song so that I can come in for the sermon. Come on, no. I'm going to come in as soon as I see that countdown start. I'm going to come in. I'm going to find me a seat so that when the worship team fires up and says, come on, let's worship, I'm ready to stand. I'm ready to worship. I'm ready to engage. I'm ready to be a part. Come on, I know the worship team's getting ready to come back out in a minute, but they're shouting me down in the back right now as I'm saying that because how many know what it's like? to get up here oh let's all worship the Lord together and the whole church is out there in the lobby still right I'm gonna come in and I'm gonna I'm gonna find a place and here's what I'm gonna do come on I'm gonna find a place at the front of the building come on in fact I took a yeah I took a picture of a couple of weeks ago what it looked like this is what y'all look like from my point of view see that these guys aren't six feet apart but they're all fighting for that last that last row And that's what it looks like sometimes when I'm up here preaching. Everybody's up there in the risers, and there's like nobody right here. And I'm like, come on, help me out, guys. I'm being involved. 
I'm going to get here. I'm going to get here on time. I'm going to come in when it first starts. I'm going to worship. I'm going to find a seat at the front. I'm going to, man, when, when the time comes and the worship starts, I'm going to lift my hands. And it don't matter if I like that song or not because I love Jesus. Come on, right? I'm going to worship him. And I'm going to lift my hands. And I'm going to lift my voice. And I'm going to clap. And I'm going to shout. And I'm going to get excited. And, man, when it comes time for the preacher to preach, when I'm up here getting all excited, man, I'm going to get excited too. And I'm going to say amen. And I'm going to laugh at his cheesy jokes. Come on, right? And I'm going to be involved. I'm going to be a part. And I'm going to find a place to serve. And when we have two services like we normally do on a normal Sunday, hey, I'll serve in one of them so that then I can attend the other one so that that way I don't miss anything. I get to be involved in both. And then I'm not just going to serve. I'm not going to just come to church on the Sundays when I'm serving, when I'm scheduled to serve. No, I'm going to come to church even when I'm not serving. Come on, right? Because here's the deal. You know what happens for some people is they just come when they're serving and then they get burned out, don't want to serve anymore. No, you need to be in church to worship, to be inspired, to hear the message, to be encouraged. Why? Because we're all involved. We're going to do our part to be a part of what God is doing. And if you're online, let me just help you out here. If you're, if you're in this season and you're online only, you can still be involved. You can still be engaged. Don't just watch. Like, participate. Be a part of the service. Let me just, like, like I'll help you. Here, here's kind of what that ought to look like. Like, on Sunday, when service starts, first of all, here's what I would challenge everybody that's online to do. When service starts, watch the service at the same time that we're doing it live here. I know there are sometimes things come up and you gotta go, hey, you know, I, I can't, I gotta work or whatever, so I'm gonna watch it later. But part of being gathered is that we are doing it all together at the same time. So choose a service, 9.15 and our 11, and watch it live with it as we're gathered together, right? And then if you're online, here's what I would, I would just tell you, this will help you so much. You're gonna get out of it so much more if you just put more into it, so get up. On Sunday morning, at your normal Sunday morning time, take a shower, take your PJs off, put your church clothes on, come on, right? Gather the whole family together and, and do it in the living room. Don't just watch it on your phone or something. There are apps and there are ways. When we were online only and we were doing it, we put it up on our TV. You can get Facebook Watch or something for your TV. Put it up on the TV, get the whole family together. And then when it comes time to worship, then stand up and worship. Lift your hands. Sing, you know, turn it up really loud so nobody can hear you singing, you know what I'm saying? But, but do that, gather the kids, get the kids dressed, gather them around. And then when Pastor Cassie puts her show on, or her, her, it's a show, I guess it is, but her lesson on there for the kids, like have the kids watch that and do that together. And then, you know, whenever I say, hey, say amen or nudge your neighbor or something, you know, I know it's weird, but if you're sitting there by your spouse, just nudge them a little bit, do whatever, you know? And, and, and if something's good, type it in the comments and let us know, hey, that's good. And be engaged, be involved, be like, like don't just watch, but participate be involved in the things that are going on I'm just telling you you'll grow more and you'll get more out of it and it'll be a blessing to us too because then it'll be like is there anybody there watching I don't even know and then whenever I say hey let me know in the comments then you're putting it in the comments and all together we are gathering together to do what God has called us to do come on we're going to be all involved but then here's what we're going to do we're going to be all invested everybody say all invested all invested all invested. Everyone make it an investment. In fact, that's what this campaign has been about. It comes from the great commandment. We already talked about the great commission, but the great commandment is so much like it where Jesus says, here's what I've called you to do, to love God with all your heart, 
all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. And that's what All In is really all about. It's just saying, hey, we're gonna, we're gonna invest our heart, all our heart. How do we know if God has our heart? Here's how we know, what are we doing with our finances? Jesus says where your treasure is, that's where your heart's going to be also. And that's why in this season and moving into the end of this year and into next year and into 2020 and 2021 all in, what we're just saying is saying here's our goal is that everybody would take steps towards generosity. That we would say, God, I don't just want you to have all of my heart or part of my heart. I want you to have all of my heart. So I'm going to take steps wherever I'm at. If I'm not giving anything, I'm going to start giving something. If I'm already giving something, I'm going to start making it a regular thing where I go online and I make that a recurring giving. Or if I'm doing recurring giving or ready, I'm going to step up to another level and say, I'm going to be a tither. And that 10%, I'm going to give that to God. If I'm at 10%, I'm going to go on above that to be generous, 11, 12, 15% or whatever. And then we're going to come together here in just a couple of Sundays and we're going to have our all in seed offering as we just take a seed of what God has blessed us with and we plant it in the ground, believe God for an even greater harvest as God has all of our hearts, but not just all our hearts, all our minds. Pastor, that doesn't make sense to give and to stand up whenever I'm watching, my, watching the, the, the service at home. That's all weird. That's, that doesn't even make sense in my mind. And that's why we love God with our mind too. We go beyond just what makes sense in our natural mind, that we trust in the Lord with all our heart and lean not on our own understanding. What does that mean? That's our goal for this year, that everyone would be taking steps of faith. But there might be an area where God would call you to step out in faith, maybe to serve somewhere, maybe to invite someone to church, maybe to go on a missions trip, maybe to, maybe to give above and beyond what you normally would be giving, maybe, maybe to tell someone about Jesus, whatever that might be that you would just be going, man, I'm taking steps of faith so that God has all my heart, that he has all my mind, and then he has all my strength. That is our goal this year is that every person would find somewhere to serve within the body of Christ, one of, the, one of the things that has happened during this time is that not only did people stop gathering, people stopped serving, but guess what? We have a mission that requires everybody to be a part of serving. And the more that are involved in serving in the church and in the kingdom, the more we can advance the mission of the hope of Jesus Christ around the world. But it takes people like you and me say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be all in to what God has called me to be and do. I'm going to be all involved. I'm going to be all invested. In fact, I came across this. I'll, I'll close with this. It's written by a guy named Tom Rainer. He's really just kind of a, a pastor guru. He writes a lot of books and blogs and encourages pastors and churches and leaders. And I follow him. So I get his emails pretty much every day and read some of his blogs. But a, a few weeks ago, he sent one out and he called it the COVID manifesto for his church. And as I read it, I thought, man, that's what I'm talking about. If we could just be all in and do these things that that he's talking about here, imagine the impact that we could make. So I just want to close. I just want to read it to you. It's the COVID manifesto. He says, I love my church, and I will not stop believing that God has full control of this congregation. When everything seems in COVID chaos, I will remember that he is always in control. I love my church, and I will pray for my pastor every day. Pastors are confronted with decisions and conflict daily, and I will pray for them regularly. 
I love my church and I will not get into fights and feuds over masks and similar issues. When I act like Christ, I always put others before myself. I love my church and I will attend faithfully. Now is the time for the body of Christ to come together and I will be part of that reunion. I love my church and I will continue to support her. I will give abundantly and serve joyfully. My commitment will not wane during trying times. I love my church and I will point others to my congregation. I will invite people enthusiastically and be a gospel bearer every single week. I love my church and I will not engage in gossip and negative conversations. When others attempt to engage me, I will walk away or offer positive words instead. I love my church and I will be an encourager to others. I will intentionally encourage through spoken words, notes, and social media. I love my church because Christ loves my church. My commitment is firm in good times and in the stressful times of COVID. I truly believe that God has a better future for my congregation in his power and strength. I will be a part of it. That's my commitment. I believe God's looking for some people to say, that's my commitment as well. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes today. Maybe some of you, you don't even understand what I'm talking about, being planted in God's house. That's because you haven't began yet a relationship with Jesus. You haven't experienced what I'm talking about, gathering and being a part of the body, the family of God. Here's the good news. You can experience that today. Jesus loved you so much, he gave his life for you. Man, every one of us are sinners and we fall short of his righteous and perfect standard, but man, he loves us. He says, I have a place for you, I have a family, I have a home, I have a mission for you to accomplish with your life. And it all begins, begins in relationship with me. If you're here, Maybe you're online or you're in the room and you're saying, I know I'm not where I should be in my relationship with Jesus, but I want to be. I want to have that relationship. I want to be part of that family. Pastor, pray for me. If that's you all over this room, would you just lift your hand? I'd love to pray with you. I know I'm not where I should be with God, but today I want to be. Pastor, pray with me all over this place. Thank you over here. Anybody else? Pastor, pray with me. Those of you online as well, love to pray with you today. Can we do this? Can we stand together? Everybody all over the room. Can we pray with these one or two that lifted their hand today, surrendering their life to Jesus? Everyone praying out loud together. Dear Jesus, I confess I'm a sinner. I ask you today, forgive me of my sin. From this moment forward, I surrender my life to you. Be my Savior and be my Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, can we just give the Lord an honor?